Hey guys, it's Andrew from Amiga Digital. How are you going? This is going to be podcast number seven. And what I wanted to discuss, I wanted to go um, a little bit more on the personal level on the podcast. I'm not really limiting myself to the podcast. I mean, right now we're just up, even uploading content that I do on Facebook Live. Um, what we do on some of our uh, Ask Us SEO show on YouTube. Um, and yeah, so 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 basically, uh, the podcast is. I'm just letting it go as it goes, right? We've, we're getting some decent feedback on the rule, connecting and engaging, and the anxiety stuff that we spoke about. And you know, I think it's really really good that people seem to be interacting on the personal. Right? And there's a lot of people out there that are clearly have similar issues that I have, and we find common ground and. You know, that's that's really awesome. That's really awesome. So what I wanted this podcast specifically to be about was um, <clears throat> my dad's business. What, 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 because I remember speaking about it in the very first podcast, but I'm actually going to go and get some stuff off my chest and hopefully it helps people. What it did to me, how it basically changed my focus and, you know, obviously... Look, I don't blame, and I want to set the, the record straight. I'm not blaming my dad for anything. He he tried and didn't work. And he was in business for a while still, right? It wasn't like he was in there for like one or two years. I just wish from the bottom of my heart that I knew what I was a bit older and I could have actually had an impact in the business. When I hear about how sons have entered their dad's business and transformed it, I always think what could have been. Or, or imagine if I was born you know, maybe 10 or 15, not even 10 years, even eight years earlier than what I was, um, how that would have made a difference and, and being passionate about the internet and my dad's business going out when the internet was really starting to grow and develop. Um, it was taking shape at the very least. And I was into the internet. I was into it. I was really kind of techy. I understood stuff, but I was just too young at the time when dad's business gone wrong. Um, so dad started the so dad started his business well before I was even born. He basically started it when around when um, him and my mum got married, and like you said, we started off in Sydney, and he started out in like I think it was like um, Campbelltown way, and and it was going okay, it was going well, right? So, but then as his kids came along, like my older brothers came along, and then I did. When I was two years old, Dad then moved his business from Sydney up to Newcastle. And I think, in hindsight, that wasn't the right thing to do. But Dad put us first in his business. So he believed that we would have a better lifestyle in Newcastle, up in Morissette, which is on the central coast between, it's in the lower Hunter region. And that's where I was raised in Morissette. And you can Google where that is if you like. Um, it's between Central Coast and Newcastle. It's pretty much the lower hunter, um, technically. So moving up there, he thought he was doing us a favour. But as the years went on, I remember, I mean, when we moved there, I was only like two or three years old, so I don't really remember much. But then when I started to remember, like when, when my earliest thoughts were at their, at their sort of, like I can see things and I knew things weren't right was around probably eight years old. So I was probably eight. 
So the year would have been probably mm, 95, 94, 95. Um, I was born 87, so we probably went there in 89, 90. And, and I think, yeah, it would have been around 94, 95 when I started picking things up, right? And the first thing, that the oldest thing that I can remember... My dad was, he, his background is he grew up in an orphanage in Egypt. His parents passed away. His mum, uh, his, his dad went first. He, got, he was an electrician. He got hit. My papu and my grandfather got electrocuted when he was eight. He was actually in World War II and survived it with a torpedo going through his ship. They survived it to then only later on be killed because some guy turned the electricity back on. This was before, like, they had signs and safety warnings. And that's when people say, oh, there's so much safety these days. These days. I always think of my grandfather would have been alive if it was the same sort of safety standards there is today than it was back in, like, the 50s. So I never complain, oh, there's too much safety. There's too much regulation. Sometimes regulation is, is a good thing. I, I know I can understand some other points of view when it isn't always a good thing. But in terms of safety, regulation, I believe, is actually a good thing. Um, of course, there's a limit. But back in the 50s, there was none, right? So my dad lost his dad when he was eight. And then my yaya, which is still a mystery why she... Uh, died two years later and so my dad was then shipped off into an orphanage because there was really no one at the time to look after him and so him and his you know his brother and 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 his and my, my uncle and my auntie so my dad is pretty much the oldest and he has to look after his younger sister and his younger brother who was very very young at the time my dad is around about 10 or 11 now and so dad had to like take on the role of, of looking after, you know, his younger siblings. And as a 10 or 11 year old, you can only imagine what that was like. So, so over time, then later on, his uncle, my dad's uncle took them, moved, took them to Australia. But when dad was in the orphanage, he developed sort of hard feelings towards people. He thought really no one, cared. he grew up with this understanding. And even from his own family at times were a bit rough towards him and, 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 and not his uncle, but his other people in his family were a little bit rough towards him. And so dad felt that. Dad felt that coldness, even within a family unit, right? And so he developed naturally, I believe, sort of feeling, hard feelings towards people. He, people weren't really something that he thought he could rely on. He thought he could only rely on himself. And that's a pretty much a key component when I talk through this. And so when dad then, uh, his family moved and, and they came to Sydney with his uncle. His uncle was only just newly married. And so he had their kids and then my uncle, my dad's brother and my dad's sister and all living under the same roof. It was hard, right? You can imagine being newly married, having your own wife, you know, obviously as time went on having your own kids. So dad couldn't wait to, to get out and to move out. So naturally he he's had this feeling like just, there's no one that's going to fix it even though he appreciate what his uncle did for him and he does that talks about he's still losing your parents at such a young age it played a a a, a, a bit of a you know uh, it, it influenced him mentally at a level where he just didn't really trust people a whole lot and he always you know he always has this understanding that you only really trust yourself andrew and all this stuff and i can understand where dad's coming from but 
when he started, eventually got married with my mum and they started the business in Sydney, then they moved. In Sydney, it was doing good, right? And most most of the time in, like, uh, oh, well, you know, it was it was, it was was doing well even when they went up to, to, to Morissette for a time. But clearly at the time, Morissette didn't have the people, it didn't have the industry, it didn't have the sort of population where really long-term it was actually going to survive. And... But, you know, you don't know these things. You're just thinking what's best for the family. And so he, he went, we went with that. He went with what was best for the family. But what was best for the family wasn't to see him lose his business. But that's all, all in hindsight, right? And so when, so we're probably skipping a little bit forward. When, when I was probably about, so I was probably 95, I can remember walking into the land. This is when I can remember the first initial things. I can remember dad Walking, in, like I can remember seeing, because he used to read the paper every Sunday morning. That's just something that ethnic European men did back then. Even my father-in-law, even my wife who talks about her dad, her, her dad always reads the paper. It's just an ethnic European thing, I think, to go and get the paper every Sunday. And I think he still does it to this day, right? I don't know why people still buy the newspaper. You don't really have to buy the newspaper anymore, but whatever, you know. They've got the internet as well, so I don't know why they buy the newspaper. But it's just something they've done for so long. It feels weird not to do it. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so I would walk. I walked in one day into the to the dining. It wasn't. It was the problem. I think it was it was the kitchen. So it was probably the dining room, and where we used to eat breakfast. And I remember seeing Dad's face. And that was the first time when I, when I was only maybe eight years old that I really understood that you can be here physically, but up in the mind, you're not there. So, like, I knew my... And, and, and I would ask Dad a question and he just dismissed me and told me to go somewhere else. And this is the business starting to go a bit bad and sour right clearly when i'm looking back now that was a time 98 95 was when things were starting to turn for the worst and in that time i felt like dad doesn't want to talk to me and then when i was playing soccer he sometimes was a bit embarrassed like even like this is this is (laughs) my primary school teacher in year five mr pinsent I still remember his name, Mr. Pinson. I don't know. He just had this fascination with me. He wanted to come watch me play soccer. Anyway, him and his son, he wanted to come and watch me play soccer. That game he got, and I remember like him telling me, oh, I've got to come and watch your game for months and months. It was my year five. Like, I think this was a little bit later. I'm skipping up here. This is probably maybe even about three, four years after this that first event so we're skipping three years right so a lot of stuff is happening i'm noticing things i might go back and forth guys i'm sorry that's how i storytell right so three four years later i was about 11 and 11 12 and my my fifth uh, i'm pretty actually i think it was actually i think it was my sixth grade i think it was actually more like 999 now right or at least it was nine. Not it was either I was in the fifth or sixth grade. Anyway, let's just say fifth. Let's just say nine, ninety-eight feels about right. <laughs> he came to the game, Mister Pinsent, right? My year, my year five teacher. He came to the game, and he was talking months about coming, and he never did. He took his son to the game, and this one particular soccer match. I don't know. I can't recall everything, but I remember. I think it was my coach took me off. Now. 
I was a pretty good player in the team, right? I wasn't a very good player in hind, like, but in the team, yeah, I was up there, right? I was one of the best players in the team. So the coach took me off, which is fair enough because it's like club level soccer, right? You, you got to. I've actually coached at club level. You got to. You got to give people a chance. You can't just keep everyone always on, your best players always on the field. It doesn't work that way. It isn't representative level. It's not state level, representative level. You can't do that. And under normal circumstances, I'm pretty sure my dad, in hindsight, would have would have probably have realised that, you know. And so he basically just flipped out at this. My, meanwhile, my fifth grade teacher's there, and I'm really embarrassed. I got my dad flipped out at the coach because he's really stressed out with what's going on with work, right? Really stressed out at this point. Flipped out at the coach. Why you take my son off? And it's quite crazy. And then I had my players coming up to me. Imagine I'm like 11, 12, right? Coming up to me saying, why is your dad going off at the coach? Um, and, and so all these events, all these things are happening. I feel really, really embarrassed. Then, like, I, I don't know. I remember just, like, falling into a shell of just embarrassment. So this is why you really got to now with my own son. You really got to be careful where you don't embarrass them, and because embarrassing them is really not a good thing. Like in that sort of way, my dad didn't need to fly off the handle. Looking back, he would even admit it was a stupid thing to do. But he was stressed out, and like, I'm not blaming my dad for anything. That was the first thing I said at the start of the video. It's a tough situation he was under. So he did that. Okay. Anyway, so then I, I remember feeling really embarrassed, and I'm like, "Why did you do that, Dad?" Then on the next morning, so we used to play on Saturday. So on the Monday, my fifth grade, I, I can't come and watch anything anymore, Andrew. Like your dad, we, uh, we might, might, he might, uh, he's, he's an angry man. I don't, we don't, why do we don't want to come anymore? So my fifth grade teacher's scared of my dad now. And, you know, he brought his son thinking he's going to watch a nice game. He doesn't realise that if the coach takes off, me, my dad's going to flip out. He didn't know that at the time. Actually, none of us did, right? It was just one thing dad did. And then he just flipped out like crazy. And so my fifth grade teacher never came back to watch another game ever again. And, you know, if he's out there, I've got to, like, maybe chuck him down. Well, I don't even know. If, I don't even know what his first name was. Anyway, so then all these things were happening. The, the big things was the soccer, then the, 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 the lack of sort of that engagement. And so, but on the flip side... I remember a lot of good things Dad did, right? So I remember the toys that he bought. I remember getting Age of Empires in 1998 and how happy I was. I remember getting a bike. So I'm very, very, like, like he did, he still kind of did things for me, but I didn't really feel like I had a relationship. I didn't really feel like back then I connected with Dad all that well as a child. But that's probably largely down to the business. However, he still did some nice things, even when he wasn't, you know, embarrassing me with the football. So, so there was this. I remember the bike in Age of Empires, like like the back of my. Like, I can still remember the feeling I get, the gratitude, and that's why it's good not. I think good to overspoil kids because they don't remember stuff as well. I remember the bike, and I remember Age of Empires because we weren't without. Like we we, we never went without, but but we never were overspoiled either, right? And so the fact that I can remember gifts is a proof that you don't normally, you never normally spoil me. I just remember, I can't believe my dad's gone like struggling and he still went out and bought me my favourite game. 
which to this day is in my, still in my top five favourite games, right? Video games. Age of Empires. Amazing game. Right, number two, right? Yeah, go the Franks. So I'm playing so that that's that's a that's a very that then speeding up in the year two thousand, I'm in year seven. And that's when that 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 was when they taught actually the end of nineteen ninety nine I knew that something was not right. Dad actually closed the business. They didn't go bankrupt, but the business just went to the point where if they didn't stop it or get a job, it probably was going to go bad. So Dad, in the end, went to um, got a job with a partner of his that used to give him work um, and started working in Sydney. Now... For me, I could probably have another podcast where I talk about that specifically and what that did, the change of schools, the culture, you know, how that shaped who I am. And this is not really a whinging session. This is just what happened in my life. And, and it's all about connecting and engaging with people, which I already spoke about. But moving to Sydney was, a, was, was hard. Moving to a new place, a new school, new people, new culture. I mean, the difference between Morissette and Bankstown in Sydney, if you don't know what Bankstown is, look it up doesn't have the reputation of a of a silicon valley right so so it's a bit of a rougher area i went from a house where the culture was where i was like on a lake you know so it's like we 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 didn't have it bad right as a child then coming to sydney then renting figuring out what that was all about because up until the point i was 13 i didn't know anything about what was renting right my parents living in a house but not owning it was a bit weird for me I didn't really understand it and sort of growing at, at, a, at a rate where my life is just starting to fly by, right? Everything's going really fast at this point. Started the news then, but he moved down. Dad came down to Sydney in the year 2000. However, I stayed up at Newcastle because when they asked my dad to go for a job, even though he finished the business, the business was all done, he didn't want me and my mum moving down unless they were comfortable with the move. So actually, I, I was actually speeding up 2001, so I apologise. That's true, but in 2001, what I just mentioned. But yeah, U2000, I'm still doing U7 in Morrisons. I still had my friends from, from, from primary school. And then all of a sudden, wham, gone. Like, um, But it was hard in that, in that 2000 because... I remember after school, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm still 12 years old, right? 12, 13, 13. But I would come home sometimes and my middle brother, you know, he was seven years older than me. He's about 20 now this time in 2000. My middle brother, he didn't really want to hang out with his younger brother, right? 20 and 13 or actually 19 and 12 is very different. Um... My oldest brother, who's nine years old, he actually went down with my dad because him and my dad do the same thing, which is tool making. And so he went down to, um, to to with my dad, my older brother. So I would come home from work. My mum had to get a job. Now she was pretty much a like she did help my dad in the business over the years, but primarily she wasn't doing a whole lot. She was more of a in terms of working, for the, she still, you know, looked after the house. She was a great stay-at-home uh, wife and mother to us. But then it was so good, in fact, that when I would come home in the year 2000 and not see my dad or mum, because dad down in Sydney, 
Mum's at like at a job, at Bilo. If you even know what Bilo is anymore, right? How funny is Bilo now, right? You know, I don't even say. Well, I don't even know if Bilo still even exists. Does it exist? Hopefully, hopefully it still does because I gave my mum a job when they, when she needed it. So I would come home from what I would come home from school. Like, I would come home from school, and that was it. Like mum and dad weren't there, and I remember crying on the phone with my dad. He would call me from Sydney. And I said, Dad, like, where are you? Why aren't you here? I'm lonely. Like, it's 7 o'clock at night. It's dark. Mum's not here. Mum just left food on the table, right? Tell me to, you know, clean up when you finish. Like, what's going on? Like, where are you? And I think that would have broke my dad's heart badly. You know, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I was probably making him feel even worse. Um, and Dad tried to do what normal good dads do, and that's, you know, sort of, Re, you know, reaffirm and 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 encourage their kids to to everything will be okay. And it, well, you know, that whole year was just so broken in the sense that there was just never mum and dad were hardly together there. Now on the weekends, thank God, dad would come up. So that was that was at least good in the sense that I had dad and mum together on the weekends but during the week it just felt so lonely mum was working my brother was my middle brother was out he didn't really want to hang out with me so I remember time I used to watch on SBS the um, 10 o'clock at night and my mum is not there right so I'm pretty much there from I'll get home from school to 10 and maybe you're thinking oh that's not that bad I've had it harder and you probably have right it's not a it's not a con, it's not a contest or a competition saying I had the hardest ever no, of course I didn't, right? But it was hard for me, for my my, my, my story. And I remember at 10 o'clock at night every Thursday, funny that I'm actually saying this on a Thursday, 10 o'clock I used to watch the soccer, the Champions League, because back then we didn't get much soccer from overseas and from Europe on TV a whole lot. I remember, I remember getting the SBS soccer from England Weekly Roundup, which we loved every Monday. I used to watch that with my family. And then on Thursdays at 10 o'clock, I hardly ever watched it because it was so late. I was never allowed to start that late. But then mum and dad weren't there and I was too scared to go to bed because I was the only one in the house. I didn't want to go. So I used to stand right near the, the, because we had a double story house and I would stand in the kitchen and you could see because we lived in like a, was it up, a bit high up and then it was sloped down into like a cul-de-sac and we had a balcony in the kitchen. The kitchen would look out to the road. I would stand pretty much not on the balcony because I was probably too scared to stand on the balcony by myself, but I would stand and watch out and just make sure if anyone would come. So I would see people coming into my house, which, which really, in hindsight, you really couldn't because even if they walk down, you don't know what they do after they walk down, but whatever, right? It made me feel better. So, so I would, but I remember that soccer at 10 o'clock being on, right? So that's how I know it was late because that, that competition, that, that um, highlight show was only on at 10 o'clock. And so, you know, it was really hard. So then, you know, mum and dad will finally, you know, sorry, mum will finally get home. Then I would go to bed because until she got home, I didn't go to bed. Sometimes it was 11. Um, sometimes I got so tired standing up, like keep looking out the window that I just I had to sit down. Like, you know, and then I would fall asleep on the lounge and then I would hear the door open and it was mum, whatever. So that was a bit rough. And that was actually a good lead into Sydney because... Then in 2001, when I was in year 8, so I'm 13, now going on 14, I moved to Sydney. New school, new friends, new culture. And I'm not going to lie to you, I, I kind of resented my parents. Because why are you taking me to this place? 
That is so different. Um, but look, it, as much as I'd never really, I, I, I've kind of, my relationship with Sydney has never been good. And it wasn't good because I felt like, you know, Sydney was the, which it, 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 it isn't. But it's like Sydney's the reason why we had to move back. Like, we had to come here. And because I think I came here under bad circumstances and going from a really sort of nicer area and then coming down to, like, you know, Bankstown, it, it was a culture shock, right? And there's nothing wrong with Bankstown. I go to Bankstown now. I don't mind going to Bankstown. But back then, I hated it. And it's still with Sydney. I'm very uneasy. I don't, it's not something... I don't know. Like, it doesn't sort of remind me of home because I, I come with that with feelings and I still and look Sydney's actually in really in hindsight Sydney hasn't been all that bad to me right it's got me through a lot of things in my life so it's not an area it's not a place where really I should have a whole lot of resentment but I do I just do I can't help it I just do um and I probably will for the rest like it's just like it's a nice harbour you know I try to enjoy it but it's just I can't help but shake the, those feelings off so I came here, it was new school, new friends, didn't fit in at school at all. Like I said, my voice is just, you know, people just tease me for that. Then, like, even now, like, I struggle talking because I'm thinking, oh, you can understand me or whatever. And then sort of making new friends, which you, if you go to a mega digital market, you'll see my best, uh, my best man say a speech. It's pretty funny. Go and watch that. That's pretty funny. Go to Omega Digital Marketing on YouTube or go to omegadigital.com.au. Click on the YouTube link and you'll see that there's the link to um, the channel. Just browse through the videos and you'll find the best man's speech. Um, so, so yeah, I had to meet new friends. Had to play soccer with a new team that I didn't really know. Thank God Dad didn't really ever again yell at my coach. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so it was so it was all sort of new understanding. Then, 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 fast forwarding it, Dad just just never really liked it here at all, and I was reminded all the time how much he hated Sydney, um, because I think for Dad it was a two sort of two big issues. One, it was a reminder that he lost the business, and two, he just didn't like. He was living in an area where how would you go from like looking at a sunset every night to going to there? You can't help but be reminded every day of failure, right? Which, like I mentioned in the first podcast, I don't think it's a failure. It sucked. It was hard on the family. It was hard on Dad, especially everything he went through. It was hard on me, but not as hard as it was on maybe Dad and Mum. So, but in the end, we got through it. But I've always sort of... So the school, all the rest of it, like, I mean, that's a whole, po- perhaps another whole podcast when I came to Sydney. Um, if, if this sort of podcast kind of takes off in the sense, um, I will basically create, you know, this section. But I'm going to fast forward this section of when after I got, you know, met friends, blah, blah, blah. So right now, what that business experience and the movement and the family reorganizing and shifting and restructuring... I kind of, every day I come to work, I'm reminded of my dad. Every time. Now I have a wife. Now I have a son, especially with a son, right? I want to, I actually want them to move to a nice, I want to do everything my dad did. 
But it's so difficult because I don't want to make the same mistakes that he did in the sense of moving to the wrong area, just thinking it's best for them. But then what happens if it's not the best place for the business? And the business is what's holding everything up in, in from a financial point of view. So you want to do what's best for the business, for your clients. Then you've got your family and it's a bit of a juggling act. So I'm constantly battling face that because of the experiences I had with my old man. So what, you know, what do I do? That's a still kind of an ongoing discussion in my brain and with my wife. Because lifestyle matters, right? Lifestyle matters a lot. You have to, in Australia, we have the opportunity more than any most other countries to live pretty much where we want to live, right? I know some places don't have work opportunities. I get all that. But if you compare us to any other third world country, there's nothing, you can't compare. Now with the internet and the opportunities, we've spoke about that. There is opportunities. It's hard. It's not going to be easy. But compared to what other countries and you have to go through in other countries, it's not that bad. So I basically have taken... So 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 Dad's business is reminding me of the fact that I don't want to fail. I don't want to be so stressed out that I don't have a relationship with my boy. And I'll be honest with you. I don't feel... I, I, don't, I don't really think I built a relationship with my dad until... I mean, I had a relationship with my dad... Definitely did. I was a daddy's boy, right? I did have a sort of closeness relationship. But I'm thinking it didn't really sort of... Sorry, <laughs> phone's ringing in the background. I didn't feel like I really had that sort of um, close relationship we do now based on the fact that, you know, like, 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 like now, like now we talk about all sorts of things. We, we, after the sort of they moved... So, which is obviously skipping that section. After about 2000 and, and um, sort of eight, when they moved away and I had to live on my own, then I think I started to talk with them more because they had moved away and I was staying in Sydney. I think I, I developed more of a closeness back with them because, you know, naturally they wanted to make sure I was okay and naturally I wanted them to be around because I like having my mum and dad around, right? So so I didn't, it wasn't until 2008 that I felt like I started connecting with them again. I think from 2001 to two, 2000 probably to 2008, the relationships were there, but it was just kind of so mundane, things were rolling at such a pace where there just wasn't a whole lot of, like dad being in Sydney wasn't happy, mum being in Sydney she wasn't happy. I don't remember doing a whole lot of, Things where it was fun activities, right? And that's fine. That's just how it is sometimes. But after 2008, I felt like my, my parents really kicked in the gear. That how's Andrew going? Because you know they had moved and retired and moved up north, and I was living by myself, which is a whole um, a podcast in itself. That experiences. But then, then I started building that relationship again with both of my parents, not just my old man. But I can't help but shake off what Dad went through. Seeing the faces, seeing what I felt. And I don't want to stretch on about it and drag on about it, but it was hard. Have you had a, hopefully, maybe you guys don't know what that feels like. I hope you don't. But if you know, if you've seen your family member lose a business or feel like they had to sell, give up the business and then move to a different place and kind of feel like they've downgraded their life, I mean, it, it, bothered, it bothered my old man it, it, big time, big time wasn't until they moved pretty much eight years later did he pretty much more and even still right he'll, my dad will still bring up things about the business 
you know, and we still talk about it to this day, like it's just very hard to shake off, right? It was such a big family event. And what I've done now is just, I I don't, look, I, I, I want to put Amiga Digital first in the sense that I have to do everything that's right for the business, not for the bottom line. Now, bottom line is very, very important for a business. It's the blood, right? But it's not everything. I can't work with clients that we don't have the right fit with, that don't fit with the client acquisition model. So therefore, we leave money on the table. And that's fine. That's the way it's got to be, right? But at the same time, I want to this business to grow and develop so we can employ more people, we can, we can do different things. And so I'm working like longer hours and sacrificing time with my wife and son to do these things to to help the business grow, but at the same time, connect and engage with people, which I love doing, right? Which is a big part of what I do as a business person. So I've taken on, I'm trying to take on, actually, a tool maker. And this is this is what I want to talk about for the next five minutes. So that story with my old man plays into the fact that I want to help a tool maker, in, specifically a tool maker, in online marketing because I never had the opportunity to do it with my old man. Everything was just too late. My dad got Abco Engineer, which was a AAA BCO, so they could be first in yellow pages. He doesn't realise, and I have explained it to him, it doesn't work like that anymore. It doesn't matter if your business is Zabco, starting with the Z. You can be first on Google, and that's where people search these days. So it doesn't really make any difference what your name is. Mostly, right? There is, there is a, there is, there is definitely some fine print to that statement, but more or less, brand is only secondary to the fact that Google's looking for quality and 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 um, trustworthy companies to to display. And Dad was so good at what he did. Probably the best toolmaker. I, I'm, I'll just say, it, like, I actually think he's the best toolmaker in Australia. At least in the top five. It has to be. He's amazing at what he did. So why didn't his business do well? Because he didn't have the right marketing. He didn't have salespeople. So when he, was, when he would get a job, and the job would take a month to do, what, what work was he doing on the business to get his next job? What were they doing to line up, sort of, get their brand out there more, talk to more people, perhaps they can find other people they can help? There was none of that. Because he was the only person running the business. So he could never really do that. And so when he, when he hired my brother, my oldest brother, Stephen, in the business, he did exactly what Dad could do. It wasn't as good, but he could do it, right? So it's, it's like, well, what was the point of that? Where Dad needed someone more from a sales, a business perspective, someone who knew like a CEO to sort of um, identify the, the, the gaps that he had. He needed marketing, full stop. There was none. He wasn't doing any marketing. The fact that he lasted that long without marketing is because he was so good at what he did. That was pretty much the only reason. And it's still 15 plus years without any marketing. None. It's actually an achievement, which he doesn't see it that way, but it is. Being in marketing, it is. So he was that good at what he did that that's the only reason why he even lasted as long as he did, which in some ways is an accomplishment. However, if you if you had the marketing, which I could have easily have provided, it would have worked out, or most likely would have worked out. Maybe not. You never really know. Everything's in hindsight. 
everything's 2020 in hindsight. But that is why I want to take over and be a part of the marketing efforts for another toolmaker that's close by to where I'm based. So I'm trying to get more involved. We've just redeveloped their website. You can visit ddsmith.com.au. You can visit and see their old website on the web archive. You can see the new software. Just redeveloped their website. I've gotten another online marketer, Google AdWords professional, on board to, to drive the leads in the short term. And so we're doing all this marketing and improvement on the website and business is getting better. Business is definitely getting better for them. And I've told them this. Helping you guys succeed is probably, you guys are probably the most personal client that I could have because you're the closest thing that I could have ever got to help my old man. And so I want to help you guys be the best toolmaker, metal fabricator, laser cutter that there is. Because I wanted to have validation that I would have helped my dad. And that it's only by, you know, the fact that I wasn't born in the right time, which there's nothing I can do about it, but at least I'll know I could have helped. And so far, we already have. We've already made a difference in the client's business. And so I'm pushing it, pushing it. Now, I'm willing to even help and do things for free. I want to see this guy succeed just to know that I could have helped my dad. Now, I love, we love helping business. Helping business, we actually help businesses for free across the board. We tell people to go on Instagram if they haven't put their website in their bio. We try to give advice, reports, all for free if people ask. We want to give, 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 right? It's just, it's just the nature of things. We want, you got to give. But we want to help this client because it matters a lot to me personally. It, it, the difference between this client and others is only the what because of my dad. It has nothing else to do with it. If my dad was a jeweler and that same thing happened, it would be a jeweler client. But it's not. It's a toolmaker. My dad's a toolmaker. He's an engineer. So this business is where I've gravitated naturally. And I've always kept them in my mind. I want to make these guys the best. I want to, re- and also it's going to be even a big, 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 big um, challenge because manufacturing in Australia isn't going all that great. But to do it anyway, and to introduce them, as I spoke about to them last time about social media and the importance of getting content out, showing, showing, displaying, becoming. Think of yourselves as a media corporation. You've got to spit media out just as quickly as you're producing it. And, and you're producing it, you don't even know. When you do jobs, when you, when you, when you get client testimonials, when you can interview people, whatever. We have, to, we have to bring your business out. We have to get it out and advertised. And we've made a difference already. And it hasn't been a whole lot of work that we've done. We've, we've done a re, we've redeveloped a new website. We've done some basic SEO. We've done some basic Google AdWords. And things are happening. They're changing. We're building it. And I'm just so determined because of the personal, uh, you know, reminder that it has about my dad. So I'm going to keep everyone updated on that so you know why I'm kind of working on that particular client and why that matters so much to me. And 
you know, I'm going to leave it there. I'm, I'm going I'm to cut it off because my brain is starting to kind of go into overdrive of all these different things I want to do for the client. And that's not really what I want to talk about. But getting involved and documenting this entire journey and getting more involved. The client wants us to do more work. But it's a limited budget. They don't have all the big budgets, right? So you've you got to make sure that what I'm going to deliver them is going to be value. It's going to get results. And that's the same for all my clients. But these guys are really, it's, it's a difficult industry. It's, it's, not a, it's, it's manufacturing, okay? It's a really tough gig. And most of the time, I wouldn't, it, it's because it reminds me of my dad and I want to feel like I made a change. Where dad has lost, I will use that for the good and use it for positivity, using it to change another business's future. Pretty much only because it's the toolmaker. And I'm even considering, after I, I, they, they agreed to do paid work, I may just even get involved with them in some capacity just, to, just to, for free. Just because they just, I think I have to now with this podcast. I, I've cut down the budget as low as I can go. I don't offer any anyone else, but I've got to do it. For, I, I have to do it. I'm I just looking at it now. Something that I probably got to do around July after this financial year. Maybe I just got to tell them, look, can I just work for you guys for free? Like I just, I just want to do this. And then I want to do it in honor of my dad's business and what he did, what he went through, how it changed him, mostly for the bad for a long time. He's good now with the, with the grandkids. It's, it's definitely killed him. He loves the grandkids. He plays with the grandkids. You should see him. He's just, I didn't recognize him when I was growing up in that capacity. So he's a new life. And I want to honor. You know what? That, that's just, that, that, that just already summed it up for me. That's exactly what we have to do. We have to, as a business, work with these guys in honour of my dad and in honour of his business. And I wasn't there to help him grow that business, but I can be around to help this client. And it's a father-son business as well, which, hey, you can't even make it up, right? It's a father-son business. He's a toolmaker. And I think it's, I think it's where I need to help for free. And look, if I do it, I can use it as a case study. If you, if you can market manufacturing, which is dying in Australia, and you can produce results in marketing for them, right? In that industry, you can do it for any industry. I mean, manufacturing in Australia, right? It's, it's pretty how you're going. But I'm determined to do it, to get started. Uh, this month, I've got work already planned that they're going to pay for. But I'm probably going to continue this if it doesn't continue in the STO capacity. I may just even continue from a from a uh, from social media perspective because I've got to take this business to the new heights and maybe set a goal with them, and then they probably will take us on as a as a proper paying client. Because there's only so much we can do with our budget, right? But we're going to do everything. I feel like I have to now. With this podcast, I have to keep documenting this. This is huge. And this is going to create a legacy, not just for myself, but for my dad. I'm going to do it in his honour. I'm going to do it for him. To know that I'm doing it for you, old man. 
You may have gone bad, but because of that in situation, I'm going to give everything to this company to succeed and to grow. And it's going to be in your honour. It's going to be in your name. And I'm going to tell them that this month. Thanks a lot, guys. Visit omegadigital.com.au. Click on the links at the top right, the bottom right. You can visit all our different social media platforms. Connect with us. Like us. Follow us. Tweet us. Do whatever you have to. Connect with us. Go to hashtag us on Twitter. Ask us a question. We want to hear from you because we're Omega Digital and we want to help you grow and prosper online because that's what we do. That's who we are. And we don't sacrifice. We don't compromise. That's what we're about. All right, guys. Have an awesome day wherever you are. I really want you guys to comment and tell me about any situation, any story, anything closely even related. I don't even care if it's not comment i'm telling you now you have to just tell me something yeah okay i know people are listening but they're not commenting all right we need the comments i want to know what what it meant to you at least tell me what this means to you maybe nothing write nothing but i want to know something all right guys i'm andrew glintos i'm the podcaster thank you for listening thank you for getting this far have an awesome 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 day And I wish nothing but the best for you. Have a great day, guys. Goodbye.